0: Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us on this inaugural podcast. You had a lot of faith in knowing this is going to be a great thing you're here for the very, very first one. I really appreciate it. Maybe you really are here for the very first one. Maybe you have listened to to five or six other ones and, and now you're starting from the beginning. Anyway, you're doing it. I really appreciate it. Let me just get right into what this podcast is going to be. I want to interview people with a story. I want to have a nice, relaxed interview. I don't want any kind of contention. This whole podcast is called Not in a Huff because no one's going to be mad. I want it to be friendly interviews to hear people's backstory. So whether they're in the arts, up on stage, whether they're comedians, whether they're musicians, whether they're actors, whether they're travelers, whether they're someone who was in the news for you know a, a select amount of time five years ago and we're all wondering, man, they captured... National attention back then. Where are they at now? Love to interview those people as well. Um, news people, maybe people who um, make the news, whether the newscasters, whether they're journalists, people with a backstory. I want to hear exactly how people get to the place that they're at. So we're going to cover a lot of different areas. Uh, one week, maybe we're we're talking to somebody that doesn't interest you. I do hope that you'll still listen in um, because I. I I'm not going to make this too niche. I I want to just mainly focus on people's story. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about their their passion, whatever that passion may be. Uh, But I think every episode is going to really cover something for everyone. Without further ado, I really don't uh, want to to talk a bunch myself. This is not going to be a, a solo podcast. It's going to be a lot about the guest. So, with that said, let's just get right started. The first person is going to be a traveler. I am really into traveling. Oh, goodness, I've been to 15 countries in the last four years. Um, so we will talk to travelers. I, I would say if anything is going to be more prevalent, it may be, may be them, but we are it's not going to be just a travel podcast. I, I assure you of that. The first person, though, to, for today, our inaugural podcast is going to be Matt Javitt. Matt lives right here in my hometown. He's got a podcast as well. We'll cover that. Um, We'll talk a lot about that. Uh, But the really cool thing about him is he came from the corporate world. He stepped right out of corporate America, put his backpack on, left with his wife, and traveled the world for for two years. He also has a show currently on Amazon um, called Barbershop Adventures, where he goes all around the world getting his hair cut at different barbershops. Really interesting. So without further ado. Let me just pass it over and let's go into my interview with matt matt thanks so much for joining us so if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and and what inspired you to i guess leave corporate america and uh and and start this journey traveling
0: absolutely um i guess the the cool thing about uh, what people like to hear about my story is uh, my wife and i took a unique opportunity after uh, working in corporate America for, uh, from on my side, uh, nine years in an international company in technology. And we decided to pause our careers and travel uh, full-time for 27 months to 35 countries. And leading up to that process, it wasn't necessarily a, um, a thing where we were trying to get out of corporate America or get out of our jobs because we enjoyed what we were doing at home. We loved our lives. We loved um, hanging out with our family and our friends and in our, in our network, but it was more of a, a chasing of a dream and, and running towards something. And in this case, it was the love of travel, it was the love of culture, it was the chance to experience uh, new people and places around the world and just um, dive head in to that experience and really take it all in uh, and uh, live amongst the people within the cities and towns that we traveled to and really try to learn lessons that we could take into our next chapter of life.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of would be envious of that. What I mean, what would what would you tell people that want to make kind of that that jump? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting in offices. I am. I know there's not everyone could could take that much time off. What advice do you have for for people who want to, whether it's take a month or 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 two months? What, what kind of advice do you have for people who want to? take a little bit more of just, you know, their week-long vacation?
0: Yeah, I think for us, it's more of a, a mindset and a lifestyle that that we look at. So, um, Nick and I, we both have had um, success with our careers, but we don't really put value in a lot of things. Um, we put more value in experiences. So, we haven't spent a lot of money on uh, some of the things that other People might spend on when it comes to uh, multiple cars or a bigger home or things like that extravagant extravagant things around your household where we would rather spend our money um, doing something like, we, what, like what we did and that's what when people um when we decided to do what we did uh, people were kind of taken aback on the idea that we, that we could actually afford to do something like that because um, we had to pay our way through uh, nikki's got her doctorate so pay down uh, that debt and, and the other debts in our life but I think that if you make a conscious decision to really scale back other aspects of your life and you don't overspend on things that you don't necessarily need, that you'll find that you have um, extra money to spend, to allocate towards things like travel and travel doesn't necessarily have to be super expensive. Yes. What we did um, was it wasn't cheap to be away for that long. But when you, t- when you talk about the cost of living compared to the cost of living in, in other parts of the world, there are places in the world where you can, get, you can get by very far, especially when you're talking about like Southeast Asia and how cheap um, and how far the dollar goes. There's ways that you can do it. If you do it in a uh, very thoughtful way and you, you, you don't stay in nice resorts and um, you're, you're not afraid to, to be a little bit uncomfortable on some of your travel. So it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of a balance. Um, I'm, I am the type of mindset that I think that you have to figure out ways to make more money. Um, I'm, I'm all about that as, as far as like hustling. Um, I've always had pretty much full commission jobs. Um, I've always found ways to to um, outwork the competition to make more money so I can afford things. But then once I do make the money, um, I don't waste it on uh, things like like um, physical things. I'd rather spend it on experiences. Um, and that's Nikki and I both have that mindset. And, and we're married 15 years now. And that's allowed us to do um, certain things like that.
1: No, that's that's awesome. So where where did you mostly travel? I I watched many of your YouTube videos. It does look like you you did kind of focus in Southeast Asia, where it is a lot uh, more cost effective. Is that is that where a lot of your traveling was? I know you it was thirty five countries in in what what did you say?
0: Twenty seven months, thirty five countries. But I think that um, to be honest with you, we didn't really start recording as much mm-hmm. until uh, the, the second half of our journey and that was Southeast Asia. So we started out in South America. We did Mm -hmm. three and a half months in South America, focused on the West coast, um, from Chile up to Ecuador and, um, the Galapagos islands was along with that and Machu Picchu and, um, a beautiful area called San Pedro de Atacama. That's Nikki's favorite place, San Pedro de Atacama, Chile. It is gorgeous. If you ever just uh, look up the Google images for uh, San Pedro, it's, it's tremendous. Um, and then we spent, we spent both summers in Europe. So eight months total in Europe. And, um, and that was, we did the Southern, we did some Southern countries in the first part, and then we went to, um, kind of central and then also Ireland and on, on the second trip and then, and also, um, uh, Estonia uh, and Poland and then, um, three months total in South Africa, oh wow. um, about two and a half months total in India. Um, We were in three Indian weddings and uh, we went to we went to some amazing places there with a lot of um, friends of friends there and and really had a chance to take in the culture. And then six months total in Southeast Asia and six weeks in Japan. And then we ended with uh, a month in Australia, 10 days in Fiji and three weeks in New Zealand before we came home.
1: See, I think that's a a good mix because I I know a lot in my travels. I mean, I've I've been to Central America, but a lot of it has been focused in Europe, and and that definitely would uh, break the bank if if you spent your whole your whole time yeah. there. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that was our that there in Japan really hit us, and then also Australia, and New Zealand can be expensive, but we were we were lucky to stay with some friends in Australia. And um, we did we we did New Zealand probably as cheap as we could because that was the end of our trip, and the funds were getting low. But um, but yeah. But then you get countries like Bali, uh, not Bali, but the city of Bali in uh, mm-hmm. Indonesia. But um, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, uh, your dollar really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And in India, and in, everything's pretty cheap in India as well, um, especially because we were staying with families and stuff. But yeah, definitely Europe um, hit us pretty hard. And, um, but we were, we, we did some, I guess we were kind of smart and some we, there was peaks and valleys in, in our Europe trip. Um, and then co- some countries like Poland, Poland's pretty cheap as well, mm-hmm. um, compared to America and it's definitely worth the visit. We love Poland.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so how, I mean, exactly how much did you rub it? Were you staying in, in hostels? I know you mentioned that uh, you stayed with families, which is always mm-hmm. great just to, you know, gain that extra cultural experience. You don't go back to the hotel, back to your comfortable life. You're kind of completely immersed the whole time. So I always think yeah. that's a really, really good idea. Uh, but what if when, when there wasn't families, were you, were you staying in hotels, were you staying in hostels?
0: And that was the idea is that, is that immersion and, and kind of getting in the, uh, getting out of that comfort zone. And that was the whole idea of going that long as well. Cause we knew that if we traveled for a shorter period of time, that just that finish line, knowing that you were going home would, would take some of that comfort out. And that sounded that like we were trying to do. We were just kind of trying to rough it and be super uncomfortable, but we just knew that we had, to, we were on a budget. So yeah, we had a, a some hostels, not a ton because we are a little bit older and uh, some of the hostels we went to, it seemed very, um, it was much more of a younger crowd, but then we sure. did we did have some chances where we went to some hostels where there was a mixed group of people, and that was fun. We did a thing called Workaway. Uh, if you go to Workaway.info, mm-hmm. it's a it's a website where you can exchange your skills for a place to stay, and mm-hmm. sometimes they give you some food. Yeah, so we did a month on a Greek island where we um, basically changed beds, cleaned bathrooms, greeted guests on this little ten uh, 10 space. Um, um, it was kind of a a bed and breakfast where Nikki and I were the workers for that month. But, um, and then we, we had to put in some serious work between six and eight hours a day in in August, um, which is, is a busy month in Europe. But we did that for a free place to stay and some food uh, on a Greek Island, which was a, a very memorable and awesome experience. We did a month, same, same website work away, um, a month at a surf lodge in Victoria Bay, South Africa. Which was really cool um, because we had a gave us a, pl- a free bunk to stay in and access to an awesome beach and uh, also some other great travelers that were also working there. And that's another cool thing about some of those websites is you get to interact with other people. And then um, we had a couple more workaways. We did one in Ecuador and a um, white Ecuador and one in Chile. But then and then we also did a, a, like a website called Trusted House Sitters where we watched a couple of cats in Zurich, Switzerland. Zurich is <laughs> extremely expensive to travel yeah. to but we stayed in this awesome uh, two-bedroom two-bathroom house where we just watched these two cats for three weeks and uh, had full access to the guy's house where they where they went on um they went on their vacation and we watched their cats for free so that was awesome and then we did the same thing in singapore so it's i mean we did we did creative things like that to keep our costs down um and then it, that situations like that gets you really immersed with the with the culture because you get you have a host there that's there with you and and, and shows you around or at least introduces you to certain people. And, um, and then from there, like once you, once you like get in these towns, you get to know people, that's when the cool stuff happens. That's when you get the, you get to go to the restaurant. That's, that's not all over TripAdvisor. You get to to meet locals and have conversations. And I, I use websites like meetup.com mm-hmm. uh, meetup meetups website that kind of brings thought, um, a thought mind, a, a same thought people together. And I used it to like smoke cigars in Zurich talk technology to these guys in Alicante, Spain, uh, talk to entrepreneurs in Osaka, Japan. So there's a lot of ways now that you can leverage the social networking tools and just the different platforms out there to meet people. So you're just not sitting in a, in a resort looking out at a gorgeous beach and hanging out in in a, on a coastline that could be any coastline in the world that you're actually talking to the people that are in these places. Because for us, that's what true, true travel is, is, when you're in these places, you get to talk to the people, you get to understand how they live day to day. And then you bring those little experiences back to, to your home life. And those are the things that can really change you.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I can completely agree with you there. I, I hate just doing the, the same thing that, you know, thousands of tourists did the, the very day before you and are going to do the next day, the next day. So I think it's, it's huge to be able to, to interact with, with the the locals, you're, you're definitely going to find even way better food than, than what the the websites or what the the travel books tell you. So I I think that's, uh, that's awesome. I really do. Um, You, you mentioned, uh, obviously you have a a big sales background. How much do you think that that benefited you in your travels, whether it's negotiating things or whether it's just the interpersonal skills that, that sales teaches you?
0: Yeah. Thank you. I think it uh, went a long way from um, like you said, that's what's funny about America is uh, we don't negotiate here for anything. Like if you see a price, you pay it where every basically everywhere else around the world, you see a price and that's the starting point of a conversation. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that helped a lot. It was even just it was just fun to, to have those interactions um, with people. And there was times where uh, I can remember we were in um, uh, Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Saigon, Vietnam, and we spent a lot of time in this, this one marketplace. And I, I befriended a couple of, of guys that were selling suits. So I had been out of the mix for about uh, probably this, probably over a year at that point. So I asked them if I could just greet people and help them sell. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I did, so I did that with them for a little bit. And it was a lot of fun. And then we also, um, at one point, we were in Lisbon, Portugal during one of their biggest festival months. Oh. And, um, I actually, I sold uh, jello shots off our, our balcony as part of, um, as part of the festivities and, and that was a lot of fun, but um, but yeah. So, it, it, I think the the best thing it allowed me to do is because I've had a chance. I've been lucky enough in my sales career to have a chance to sell to uh, the C levels that are making a million dollars a year, and um, and but I've also befriended everybody down to the the administrative executive or the or the janitor in the and the corporations. And I don't, I don't care who you are. I mean, we're all the same. And that was, that was sure. the the same thing that resonated around the world is uh, humans are all basically the same. We're all looking to, to, to achieve similar goals. Um, we just happen to be on different soil around the world. And so just understanding people look better. I mean, those three years of bartending that I had um, earlier in my professional career, it helped a ton to understand and read body language. And so a lot of that really helped on the journey to not only, um, feel comfortable, be safe. And because Nikki and I, we're very, uh, we, I mean, security is always the first thing we think about when we're traveling. Mm-hmm. So those things that kind of that, um, that street savviness to make sure that we're both in a good spot is, is important, but then also the ability to get somebody to smile on a bus because it just breaks the tension and you never know if they're going to They could say like, where are you guys from? And then that could lead to something that can lead to an invite to a dinner that because we had those situations where we'd meet somebody and then we'd, 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 um, we'd interact, have a great time, and they would say, you've got to come over because my mom's cooking dinner, um, or the family's getting together. We would love for you guys to come back and, and, and enjoy it. So we had those situations, and I think that's kind of that sells profession, openness, and uh, those conversations to, um, that can lead to there. And, then, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, for I sure, add- it definitely helps. And
1: I think uh, I, I have an important thing to, to point out to people who don't travel as much is it sounds so weird, you know, to, to say, you know, a, a conversation on the bus led to dinner at someone's house. That's a lot more common, you know, in other places around the world to be just a lot more open and friendly to people than we are in the United yeah. States. Obviously, you're not going to follow somebody home in the United States generally from the bus, but it is a lot more common and more acceptable, you know, other places.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we I mean, obviously, we stuck out a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm six foot six. (laughs) So uh, uh, I we always kind of stuck out and I I look like an American. Um, uh, There's no there's no uh, I either look American or Canadian, maybe Australian. I got <laughs> one, one time they thought I was Russian, but that was in a, a town called Nun Trong, Vietnam, where mm-hmm. they get a ton of Russian travelers, so they thought I was Russian there. But outside of that, uh, I look very American. So yeah, we would stick out, so we we'd get those unique uh, conversations. but for the most part, you're absolutely right where um, people aren't as guarded uh, as they might be in a, in the US.
1: Right, yeah. So I wanna I want to be able to uh let you talk a little bit about your podcast, but I want to kind of mm-hmm. touch on something that you spoke about earlier and about you know not valuing, I guess, you know, the the monetary side of things and, and kind of just being a little bit more uh free, um you know, mm-hmm. staying in the condo that you're in. You mentioned in, in a podcast that you, you you had recently and that I think uh just kind of really struck a chord with me where you talked about uh, how it doesn't really make sense just to save all your money, save all your money, save all your money for, you know, when you retire and are 65, 70 years old, that's kind of the worst time to travel because yeah. you, you may not be able to do all the things that you would have been able to do if you just spent some of that money when you were younger. So I if you could just talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. It's a unique balance because um, you're, we're our most valuable, you like we have our highest earning potential, um, typically in our late thirties, early forties and into our fifties. But, um, those are also the best active years that we have, um, physically, mm-hmm. um, if, if you're lucky to have being in decent shape and you know, we, we saw it. So for, for us, um, I knew, so, so I had, I had, um, I was 40 years old when we left. And I knew that this had been a dream of ours for several years. And it was something that was, it was the actual goal of ours. We wrote it down and it was a goal. And so when all the stars aligned and it became a reality that we could do it, we continued to make some excuses why we couldn't do it because it was such a big thing. It was a huge leap of faith. And Nikki and I were both at our top earning um, that we, that we had been in our corporations. We were deep in our companies. I was nine years into mine. Nikki was um, uh, many years into hers and we were, just cruising and life was pretty easy and not a lot of difficulties and so we were going to take this huge thing that was going to make life hard um it, yes traveling the world is an amazing opportunity but it's not always easy and we knew that going in but we also knew i, I knew that at the time like if i didn't do it then we would likely not ever do it or we would attempt to do it after we, like we retired or something so um, that was, that's why I was so um, urgent about making it happen, because I knew that we'd enjoy it the most in these years because we had our physical health. And um, like I said, I'm 6'6", but I've had a major back surgery. So I knew that um, getting on and off tight squeeze airplanes, because we were going um, all coach class, we had a ton of bus rides, trains, tuk-tuks. Um, buses, like everything, every type of uh, transportation you can imagine that are, is not built for anybody over six foot anywhere else in the world. It was, I knew that that was going to be an issue. And then all the different types of beds we had to sleep in. But I knew that at this point I had, I had gotten myself to a good place physically that this would be okay. And that's what, that's what the problem was, is as we traveled, we would see other travelers that were in their sixties at times. And you see the struggle that they were, they were having because they were trying to do similar things of the younger travelers and they couldn't do it because, I mean, just because that's how life is, your body breaks down on you. And, um, and that's why I'm just like, it's, and it's, it's tough because it's an easy thing to say if you, um, if you have the money to do it. And again, as a caveat, your listeners are probably wondering, we do not have children. So that's another thing. Uh, but we we saw a lot of travelers that do have children, but that's not our that's not our case. But my point is more so of the the excuses people make on why they can't do what we did is because a lot of times they're spending their money on the wrong things. Instead of if if tra- traveling is truly a priority, and I promise you, if you've never taken that first international trip, that's the that's what happened to me. I took my first international trip and I was done. I needed more of it. And so if you make that first leap of faith and you make that first international trip, you're going to find ways to cut back financially on the stuff that you don't need to put that money in a travel fund so you can take that big trip. And that's what, that's what we did. And once you do that and you see what the world has to offer, you're going to make those sacrifices um, or you're going to try to make more money. Because um, that was, like I said, I'm, I was a commission guy, so I would work my tail off to make that money so then we could put it towards the travel fund um, to, to go experience other places around the world. Not just this trip, but the other trips before leading up to this places like Brazil and Argentina and Panama, the country and Croatia and Greece. Because those those are the places that just, as I was visiting those places, I would leave thinking, God, I got to go do more of this. And so that led up to the big trip that we took. And it, it, that still, all that leads into the hunger that I have to see more of the world. Because once you get out there and see more of like outside of the four walls that as as, um, that we're in in America you're going to see like there's so much out there so many things to learn and just how other people live how refreshing it can be but then also when you come home you're going to see how lucky we are in this country just to have the things that we have here
1: i yeah I completely agree travel really puts uh i think our life in in perspective, and the Absolutely. travel bug is is a real thing for sure what Where was your first international trip
0: istanbul Turkey
1: oh very cool so That's... so
0: i grew yeah I grew up in a military family so i I've lived in ten u s states oh wow and then I played division one basketball, so I played a bunch around the country, but I never had like Europe or Asia or anything like that until my mid thirties and it was istanbul turkey and it was it was crazy.
1: That 's really cool i don 't think Turkey yeah. is necessarily generally the a, a first trip either, so I, I like to hear that. My first international trip was to Iceland, which generally wow. is not a, a very a, a first either, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. My big thing is also trying to find uh, really good flight deals that that just yeah gets me giddy to be able to find flight deals, so I always like to see how how cheap I can go. I went to Iceland round trip for one hundred and ninety nine dollars.
0: Wow. Was that that? Wow. Airlines. It
1: was. Wow. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. They Those actually, guys, that
0: was no longer. They're no longer. <laughs> they're no longer right? I,
1: they no yeah. yeah. They're, they're no longer around. I, uh, I got back two days from two days from Ireland. I, I flew. Wow. I flew with them for several years, but yeah, they closed down two days after I got back from Ireland and they no just way. left people. They just left people stranded. So oh I just, God. I got really lucky. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you, that was a hell
0: of a deal. I've never been to Iceland. Um, well, I highly recommend, yeah, highly recommend it. Highly <laughs>
1: recommend it. It's not as cheap to get to anymore, and it's definitely not cheap while you're there at all. It's, it's, yeah, that's what I've it's like Switzerland level, but but it's, it's, it's literally like nothing else in the world. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Awesome. So you, uh,
1: I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, the the whole thing about, uh, you know, not just saving your money and how you, you spoke about that in your podcast. So if you would please do plug your podcast by all means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a passport joy, travel talk. Um, The passport joy is that's our, that's our website, Mm -hmm. passportjoy.com. But then the passport joy travel talk is uh, it's we're up over 90 episodes now. Um, And it's essentially it's, trying to just give travel advice to people that are looking to go to certain locations. Cause we, Nikki and I did a, uh, an episode every week during our journey, starting about a year in every week from different locations around the world. And we would just talk about these locations, what we liked about it, but we'd also talk about some of the things like I talked about there, trusted house sitters, workaways, uh, the ways that we saved money and some of the advice there. So that's what all we're trying to do is just give back to the travel community on how you can save money, reasons why you should take these epic tricks trips And just now that we're back in the States, just other stuff that uh, we're either going through or travel stuff that we see pop up and ideas to just really just encourage people to see the world. Um, Just to go back to that first travel bug thing, my brother, my brother is a great example. He had never been um, overseas or anywhere exotic. And we were um, towards the end of the journey and he he was saying, Matt, I gotta come see you, dude. I gotta come see you. So we ended up meeting in Da Nang, Vietnam, For nine days and that was his first big trip like that he had the time of his life and by the time that he left we would we were already planning our next trip and then me uh my brother and i this just this february before this chaos hit we were in the philippines for two weeks on a guy's yeah me and him on a guy's trip we got scuba certified we took scooters all over the island we had a blast but that's just the thing is like once you once you have your eyes open just a little bit it's it's such an experience that you're gonna want to continue to do it, and it just—it just fuels you for it. Just—it's that fuel you need um, to some of the, to go through some of the grinds we got on our daily jobs. You know what I mean? But it's that—it's—it's it's inspiring. It's fun, and and some of the relationships um, can last a lifetime uh, on those journeys.
1: 100% agree I don't know whether Vietnam is is generally the first place that that people should go that's yeah. definitely a cultural <laughs> shock but but yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah luckily he had me there to kind of ease right. him into it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so I mean another thing that that I know you you had going and that's that's really really interesting to watch is uh that the world barbershop adventures so tell us a little bit about that
0: yeah thank you so much it's uh so essentially, we were about we were about a year and a half in, and um, I was I was always going to the barber shop to get a haircut or uh, get my beard trim, and um, I had a conversation with a barber in um, um, Bucharest, Romania, and it turned out it turned into uh, the idea to start videoing our my experiences in these barbershops. shops. So we've got over twenty five different locations around the world, and like you said, it's on Amazon Prime. There's three seasons on Amazon Prime. Um, 17 episodes there and but also have the youtube channel that has a lot of content on there but yeah it's essentially me and barber chairs around the world um, with also uh, an aspect of the culture that we're taking in as well whether it's sumo wrestling in tokyo uh, muay thai fighting in thailand the uh, rugby in australia i give a little highlight of some of the the different um cool stuff that we're that we're doing in those locations Um, very it's very guy friendly but if you like culture and seeing different stuff it's it's a great uh, look into the different things we were going through.
1: Yeah, I, I think those those videos are really, really interesting to watch because like you said, it's not just not just about the barbershop, which is plenty entertaining to watch. It it does mix in that that culture too. Now, me, I I, I don't think I'm bane by any means, but I don't know whether I could handle um, you know, some of some of the things that that you that you put yourself through with those, with those barbershops. Um, yeah. Obviously you, you had to get your haircut given that you were gone for so long, but I'd be interested to hear some of your, uh, some of the, the craziest, uh, craziest experiences had.
0: Yeah. And when the barber chair for sure, um, when we were, we'd had a 23 hour layover in Doha, Qatar. Mm-hmm. And prior to us going through there, I set up a, uh, a tour guide because um, I knew we were going to land. I knew we, we had a, a cool lobby there, so we could take a shower afterwards. And I just wanted to be able to get out of the airport and see some of the city. So we lined this guy up. And during the process, I said, man, I want to get my, my hair cut and uh, get out get out a little bit. So he took us to this awesome um, little uh, ethnic area where there's both Turkish, Indian, and um, different like Middle Eastern barbers there. Because mm-hmm. Doha has a lot of foreigners that do a lot of the work in that country. Um, they're, they're, they're foreigner, they're considered foreigners, but they're, they might live there for 20 years, but they're still considered foreigners. But, um, but so he took me to this awesome little area and that barber there, he ended up putting, um, fire. They, they light a little, like a little fire stick and they use the fire on your ear to take those little hairs off your ear. Uh So, so that was, that was pretty wacky. Um, the, uh, the, I spent like two hours in the chair in Tokyo because it was, it, was, it was a high-end shop, but they're really into like head massage. Like it's like very much the Asian culture where massage is mm-hmm. big and they spend a lot of time massaging my head. Um, it's At some point it's it's great, but then it gets beyond that it, it, where it's almost, uh, it's, it's a lot. Uh, two hours mm-hmm. in the chair is a lot of time so uh, things like that, then like the, the guys in Vietnam, they played uh, loud um, hip hop music the whole time. They were very it was almost like a club atmosphere uh, in, in that barbershop. So yeah, so many different uh, cool experiences. And I'm, the cool thing about social media, the way it is now, you get to continue to engage with with these people um, that you meet along the road. So that's the coolest thing. You befriend them. And then you every every two months or so you send each other a quick note, and you get to kind of stay in their life as like a a distant friend. So it's pretty pretty awesome that way.
1: That is cool. So you have stayed in contact with with some of those barbers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: That's really that's really really cool. Um, yeah. I, I guess the the elephant in the room, and you you mentioned being in in Lisbon. That's actually where I was when you know this this big COVID. Um, oh, really? thing happened yeah the, I was in actually I was in in Barcelona I was go, leaving uh, to go back to Lisbon the very next day when the whole European travel ban happened uh, so it was it was quite scary I didn't know whether I was going to get back or not you know there, there was all kinds of misinformation all that um, so that's kind of kept me grounded a little bit now obviously you know you, we can't travel yeah. a, a ton right now but I do I do wonder you know how you think uh, COVID is going to affect travel in the future, whether you think it's, you know, temporary changes, whether you think it's going to be things that are, are permanent and, and just your, your thoughts there when it comes to travel.
0: I, th- I think it's going to be uh, two different layers. So I think that this time, this, this time of sitting around the house and uh, the health scares and people getting to understand like, what's really valuable in life. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to want to go see the world. I think they're going to want to go travel, and and take in new experiences. Because I think that as people understand that um, everything that we're going through currently, that you you're gonna, they're going to put more of an emphasis or an importance on family and experiences. So I think that will push travel and kind of the, the, and the idea that we've been everybody has been kind of locked down for so long too is it's going to be everybody's gonna be excited to go somewhere. But after, like after that cycle comes and goes, and then there's a little bit of normalcy. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I think that we're in for a tough run economically around the globe. Mm-hmm. And I, what will happen there is uh, you're going to see prices come down. Uh, and, and I think traveling to some of these, I've been looking at places to go travel and it is unbelievable how cheap things are right now. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, just kind of like we'll Nikki and I will just go and we'll just look at some dream locations, knowing that we can't go anywhere, but you just kind of look things up and um, because the demand is so low, um, there's just an excess of supply and the prices are crazy low. And so I think that that might happen um, if, if the, there's an economic struggle and and um, those people that have saved to travel and can travel, there's going to be some great opportunities out there. Uh, Cause I think that a lot of whether they're Airbnbs or hotels or, or however you like to travel, there's going to be a lot of opportunities um, for some, uh, for some great deals. And I think that the airlines as well, they're going to be competing like crazy to both either stay afloat or um, just trying to get bodies and in, in seats for a very long time. So I think there's going to be some, some great price wars that are gonna benefit travelers. And then hopefully, as we come through all this, the world as a whole is just, is maybe just like an more, is an inviting. Because because I think that through life, this happens to everybody, but it also happens to like civilizations, is the idea that we just get fat and happy and comfortable, mm-hmm. and we, we take things for granted. And so places like, and I'm not saying these places are bad, but, um, at all, uh, these places are amazing, but like, like a place like Bali, Indonesia, where it was getting, it was getting crazy. It was getting, um, really crowded on the Island and it was really busy. A place like that, that has now been essentially dead for five months. They probably can't wait to see tourists. Oh, for sure. So, so the next time they do see people, they're probably going to treat them different than they did a year ago. And so I think that you're gonna see a lot, hopefully it's gonna be, the whole world is gonna be inviting and even on a different level. Cause like you like you said earlier, it's, it's amazing to travel because things that would never happen in America happen on the road as far as uh, the, the inviting and, and the warmness and, and some um, unique um, situations where you might not make eye contact on a bus in, in America, but on a other country, um, because we stick out there, they might open up and, and talk to us. And so that always happens. But I think the this next wave is going to be even more inviting uh, to travelers. And um, so I'm, I'm very optimistic when this thing opens up that it's going to be really um, travel friendly. Um, and uh, people, hopefully people will be taking advantage of it. But it's going to, will it be like everybody's wearing masks and all that? It's hard to tell. It's probably going to be country by country um, how, um, what kind of rules those are. And, all right. and we all kind of people our our memories, <laughs> our memories are, are so short anyway. So, uh, it's, it's like once we get through things, we always forget it rather quickly anymore. Um, and we just kind of move on. So you might, you might have some of that too, where this just becomes a thing of the past and and normalcy hits in the next three years.
1: Yeah. I, I, I try, I tend to be optimistic too. I do agree. And I, I hope that's the case. I also really agree with you that some of these places that, um, you know, have been so overrun by tourists for so long that, you know, they, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, that they are almost, you know, mad at tourists or, or annoyed by them. Some people are, but I think that, you know, just to see just how much, you know, some places relied on tourism and they're just going to be happy to, to have people back for, for sure. And I also really think that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be able to find good travel deals, obviously, you know, you know, you got to wait until you're you're comfortable, but but those who are are comfortable earlier are the ones that are going to really really find um, some some crazy deals because I'm like you I've I've looked and I've thought oh my gosh I can't believe how cheap this is even and in, in traveling yeah. in inside the United States too there's some deals I'm not really sure how they're even paying for gas.
0: Oh I know it I, I absolutely know it and the other the other thing that people don't really talk about often at least I don't know if they talk about it publicly is. Um, but the power of the Chinese traveler Mm -hmm. and the money, the money they have. So you've got a country of 1.5 billion people and they travel a lot and they travel in large groups. So if my fear is, is um, because the Chinese traveler really holds up a lot of the uh, hospitality ecosystem. Mm-hmm. If the Chinese traveler doesn't feel welcome around the, around the world, then that can really buckle a lot of the hospitality and tourism around the world. And so, so I'm, I'm kind of uh, not anxious to see how that goes out, but um, cause Nikki now we we see it everywhere we go is, is um, busloads of Chinese travelers. Cause that's how they typically would travel. And, um, and they would go to sites in, in groups of 30 and 40. And if you take all those busloads and all those people out of the mix the, the, I don't think tourism can rebound the way that it wants to. Um, and it it is going to be changed because you brought up a great point. Like we were in um, Dubrovnik, um, Croatia, and they'd had this massive explosion because of game of thrones. Mm -hmm. And, um, even in, we were in the, um, the, the Uber there, the Uber driver was bitching to us like (laughs) about the growth and how the city has changed and how this is horrible. And, um, Uh, the increase has been um, just brutal for all the citizens there and that's the thing like now they're gonna say like okay like you haven't had people there for six months are you still do you still do you like the way it is now or do you guys want that money coming in because (laughs) um, people from all over the world were going to Dubrovnik it's a gorgeous town and city but you can see how they would get mad about it but at the same time it's nice having that revenue so yeah you're gonna you're gonna um it's going to be wild times, man. It's because there's going to be a lot of competition between all these destinations that, uh, that need travelers coming in. Uh, And it's, uh, yeah, you take a a year off from travel and some of these cities are not going to make it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's for sure. I think, uh, you know, those who, who already are are itching to get back out there, I, I hope that they can do it soon because there are a lot of places just like you said, that are, are really hurting and and I think that if we can put our dollars behind some of those places, that's, that's really what's going to bring back the world for sure.
0: Absolutely. I can't wait to get back out there, brother.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've really appreciated your, your time. I, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, you decided to, to join us and, and share. Uh, I, I would be interested if, if there's anything that you, you don't think that we've covered that you'd like to, to kind of uh, to, to talk about. Um, but, but otherwise you've, you've, uh, you've really been awesome.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I would just, um, if, if traveling is part of your dreams, just understand that you can do it. I, uh, the, the big, the big trip that we took at one point seemed impossible for us, but when you sniff around you do some research, you figure out that other people have done it before you, it's, it's, uh, it's all possible. And then for those that might be listening that have never taken that big trip, if you take it, it will change your life in a positive way. Uh, so I just I really encourage that and and whenever you're in another country um, be in that country don't bring your Americanisms or wherever (laughs) you're listening to this with you be a part of that culture um, and don't think that they should operate like you want it to operate it's going to operate the way that they operate and that's the coolness about traveling is seeing how other people operate around the world
1: absolutely yeah I'm a big big proponent of see, see where you're at through your own eyes. Don't see it through the lens of your camera. There's so many people that that all they're doing is taking pictures and they're not even really experiencing it, anything that they're, that they're doing. So I I think that's huge as much as you're comfortable. Some people aren't comfortable with complete immersion and that's fine, but as much as you're comfortable, you know, emerge, you know, bring yourself into the, to the situation and, and really experience, where you are so you you talked about uh you know Vietnam and 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 that was where your brother first first uh, got the travel bug but is there any countries you would recommend people uh to kind of uh, I guess uh, start their travels because I don't know that Southeast Asia is if it is please let me know yeah. you know no, but, I but... Would...
0: <laughs> yeah I would well, you you name the if for the people that I, um, that close to me, that's maybe have never traveled to Europe or mm-hmm. uh, internationally, um, Lisbon, Portugal is oh, always so. my recommendation because it's, it is just a, a quaint city that's romantic and, and gorgeous and a ton of fun. The people are inviting and, and nice and, um, the, the food's good. Like everything you get in Portugal, uh, in Lisbon in particular, is everything that I love oh, and, yeah. and travel. And it's not that big of a stretch. Uh, from the United States, but you still you know you're in a foreign location because I mean they're, obviously they're speaking Portuguese and um, but there's a, there'll be enough people that can speak English with you um, for sure. But it's it's just it's it's everything with the cobblestone roads and the cable cars. You know what I mean? It's one of those places that it'll grab you. And then if you have a chance to to go over to to Madrid after that or Barcelona, like you said, those are those are great places to really get the bug. That you'll want to go see other cities, whether they're in Europe or adventure out. Because um, Portugal, we 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 did, we were actually supposed to be in Lisbon in June again this year because we've been to in Lisbon um, two Junes uh, in the last three years. Because in June they have all these different festivals uh, with Saint Anthony's Day and Portugal Day, and it is just a blast. Um, we were lucky enough to see um, Portugal play Spain in the World Cup. Oh wow. <laughs> when, when Ronaldo scored three goals and it was just, it's, it was bananas. We we think that sports are big in America. And then it's like, you go to Europe during the world cup and you have no idea oh, what, what sure. what fandom truly is because it's just bonkers. Oh, and uh, sure. so, yeah. So we, I love Portugal. Um, and we, and Nikki, Nikki and I mean, we, Nikki, Nick and I've got um, some close friends there that live, now live there and it's a, uh, it's an amazing, amazing country. And they're, um they're grabbing a lot of expats too um that are traveling and, and moving there so it's it's a pretty pretty cool place
1: yeah, I highly recommend uh catching a, a football game soccer game in europe it's It's definitely like nothing nothing you've ever seen you know this is a story for a, another time, but actually my one of my minors in sociology and actually took a whole class just on the sociological aspects of European soccer, just because it's such, such, such a crazy thing for sure. It's a, it's it a, is. it's a culture all in its own for sure. Portugal, oh, for I, sure. I agree is amazing. I, I would say, uh, I mean, it definitely takes someone unless you want to take a, I guess, a. a car in the on those small little road to take somebody who's fit mm-hmm. because there definitely is hills upon hills upon hills
0: <laughs> yeah there's definitely a lot of walking for sure for sure um, and that's that that's the, to me uh that was the the, the mo- thing that i missed most about travel is i would get a chance to to just walk these towns because as you're if you're not inside a car you're just walking the streets then you get you get all your senses and then you might you might pass somebody and have a short conversation with them that to me that's the coolest part about travel that's the thing i miss the most
1: yeah i i love just just walking around i i try to stay out of a car as much as possible because you're literally just zooming by some of some really cool experiences so i Absolutely. i miss travel too just because that was that was exercise there's days i'd walk 10 15 miles I, yeah. I i struggle to do that sitting here in in indianapolis indiana <laughs>
0: that's awesome yeah Very well
1: good. again i really appreciate you being here Thanks so much for for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. I think you you really um, helped. I think maybe hopefully you've helped somebody gain that uh, that urge to to travel and actually make the the take the steps that uh, it takes just to 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 make that first step. Because I do think you know the hardest part is just booking that that ticket. You know, a lot of times yeah. I, I I worry. Oh my gosh, I don't know whether. I should do this right now. Then you book it and you're like, well, it's happening now. So let's, yeah. let's just get excited." Yeah.
0: no, I know it. That anxiety when you press go, that's it is, it's a big deal. But then, then the buildup before the trip is so much fun. Just all the dreaming that goes into it. Uh, it makes, it makes every day so much better. Just, just thinking about that big trip. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. So absolutely.
1: For sure. Thank you again, Matt. And that was our interview with Matt Javitt. I can't thank him enough for joining us on our inaugural podcast. I can't thank you enough for joining us. You made it through the whole thing. You should deserve, I don't know, a, a sticker, a button, a medal, something. I can't thank you enough that you're here. Thanks again to Matt. I hope you learn a lot about travel, that it's possible for everyone. Obviously, not everyone can do exactly what Matt did. Um, and why that, I mean not everyone can go around and get their hair cut by everyone. I know I couldn't do that. But of course, I also mean they couldn't just take off and travel like that. Um, but even if you incorporate a little bit of that into just, you know, just a, your your week-long vacation, I highly recommend going out, experiencing the culture. But until next time, we will absolutely be interviewing a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. So so join me next time. Again, thank you for being here. And uh, Chris, take us out.
0: This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.